I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. it's coming and it's not going to be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you going to do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada, but it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. 
and we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. cornered hat and speaking low he said we fought a revolution to secure your liberty we wrote the constitution as a shield from tyranny for future generations this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave the freedoms we secured for you we thought you'd always keep 
But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the Solomon's they've sworn and now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore, and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died, or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Place to recruit for a militia. God save King George. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
So, what's the problem? Problem? Look, I've been working for you for a long time. And it's not like I don't appreciate what you've done for me. But it's time for me to make my own. The time is not right right now. The time is now. You have to be patient. I'm not greedy. Look, I'm tired of being your boy, okay? So if you're not gonna give me mine, I'm gonna take it. And if you want a war, bring it over. Man. Yeah, I 
Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, Patriots. Yeah, a little Cypress Hill there. Yeah, when the shit goes down. Gotta be ready. There's a moral to that story if you uh, watched the video. There is. Because mm -hmm. if you watched it, guy said, ah, you want to go to war? Okay, let's go to war. And then the old guy went to war, and the old guy brought all the crazy shit with him killed him got him these young dogs don't understand what war is i'm telling you mm. y'all don't realize I'm bringing war in the form of paperwork documents oh, i can't wait this is going to be epic tomorrow's going to be so we might fun. want to videotape this i was kind of thinking that i was kind of thinking about I really, broadcasting i have a whole I wonder, if there's can't. A, I wonder if there's a video clause that we can't. i don't think we can but um, I, I, like, I know you want to start and say something, but I have a whole speech prepared as well, because by the way, we are, um, I'm also bringing the paperwork showing that we've sent in to register the property oh, as a holy bioregenerative farm, a, a nonprofit bioregenerative no, no, no. farm that go get the paperwork, go get the paperwork with, with the cards, go get the paperwork and the cards. This is epic folks. This is the most epic shit I've ever seen. So I get greeted today, get home, get home from work. I've walked through the door tired and hot it's rather warm today a little bit warmer than it's been the last couple of days you know temperatures climbing up my wife greets me at the door with this wonderful packet of information and she goes check it out now you're one of those people i was like <laughs> how am i one of those people now we have certified registered emotional support animals chickens emotional support chickens roosters. Five Chickens, roosters to be exact, five of them. Fuck you. Check this out. They got their own little badges. Hold them up so they can see the badges because the badges are the coolest part. I saw the badges and I was like, that's cooler than the paperwork. Fuck the paperwork. Yeah. Look at this. They all they, they have got their pictures. They on got them. their pictures on them. They yeah. got little badges they can wear around their necks while they're being Tyrannosaurus Rexes walking around the yard. I'm an emotional support animal. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> so I'm basically going. We're going in there, um, saying that these these roosters are mix, specific. Mix specifically mix emotional support animals but the rest of the chickens are part within of, the limits of the law oh they are but also um since no all we have to say is that they're within the limits of the law yeah. we don't have to prove shit no. remember it's on the government to prove their case against us they don't have a case right because they haven't been here exactly they all. haven't done their they job don't know how many chickens we have they have no idea because they haven't been here they don't know i mean they, haven't, they don't know anything i'm coming in with pictures with like pictures of you know the concrete mailbox that they said is down it's not there's no mailbox down. The mailbox is standing up exactly. right, right by the side of the street Correct. where it's supposed to. So I have that picture, pictures of the number on the side of the house, which they said you can't see from the road, which you can obviously see from the road since I took the picture from the road. Um, pictures of the enclosure, more than 50 feet from the road, which is also required. Yep. Um, yeah, we are well within the limits of the law and they can go fuck Tomorrow's going to be it's an epic, be so beautiful day. We have so much documentation. We're just going to blow them up. <sighs> like, all right, well, you want to play games? I'll play games too. I'm here for games. That's my job. Now that's, you know, back in the day, my dad used to tell us the worst thing you could do was leave your grandfather unoccupied. Mm -hmm. Now understand my grandfather was not a normal man. 
uh, lost his leg at Point de Hoc. Um, Used to take off his fake leg and chase you around the house. At Normandy. Um, lost most of his teeth, too, um, in the same attack. Uh, he got hit with a one one three two shell after they had climbed Point de Hoc and made it to the top. And the Germans decided to roll out the real big heavy guns on them and uh, started dropping 132 millimeter shells on the Rangers that climbed Point de Hoc. And my grandfather lost his leg up there. My grandfather came home um, and my dad always said, never leave those guys alone with something not in their hands, something that they can't do. And I said, and I always asked my dad, I said, why? He said, those are the assholes that will go start trouble. Now I understand those words. I completely understand why my father said that about my grandfather, because I'm exactly like my grandfather. Like there's nothing worse than a bunch of retired vets who watched a bunch of their buddies die. And now you just gave them nothing but 300% disability. And now you have them sitting on their hands, fucking twiddling their thumbs. This is what they do. Leo said, they start podcasts. Leo said, I wouldn't be too confident. We've been seeing how the law has been working out for us lately. I agree, Leo. Um, but how do you think it's going to look on our county if they try and take therapy animals away from a bioregenerative nonprofit farm that's dedicated to helping veterans with PTSD? We're currently helping three veterans with PTSD with the chickens, as well as one survivor of abuse. So you just checked off like 22 different boxes in the <laughs> LGBTQIR43.76421 farm of lists of reasons why it should remain. Yeah. So see, she crossed all the liberal points was, and that's going to carry a lot of weight with it. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. At least I don't. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out. So we'll, we'll have more report tomorrow. Either and, we'll and, have a and, lot to report. And he's going or, into court wearing all his medals and his purple heart head covering. You're going to have a camera turned around and Mick's going to be at the window and he's going to be shooting rounds at cops. Well, animal control, but okay. And no, they're cops. Mm -hmm. And um, you're going to find out how well animal controls body armor holds up against 762 by 48 uh, millimeter and they've been scoped lubed and bored um rounds at a high speed i i can't wait this however is i will be say epic. i will say um if they complain about the roosters i'll just say that they identify as hens <laughs> we had a pet whisperer come in and talk to him i am a they pet said, whisperer. what are you talking about he said i identify as a hen Actually, it was very funny. <laughs> They're gay cocks. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing worse than having a gay cock. <laughs> oh. Dude, those are two. Those are two couples. Don't touch my cocks. Those are two couples. Sarge They're gayer than eight. At about ten o'clock this morning, thank God it was like ten o'clock this morning. Decided to give a crowing lesson. He gave all the younger roosters a lesson on how to crow. They were all one after another, or sometimes at the same time, crowing quite ridiculously. It was serious. The the most. <laughs> Epic. insane thing i've ever heard like when if you ever hear the first time a rooster tries to crow it's it's kind of 
It's very stupid. Like, I can't even. It sounds like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, no, it's that's like, just. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? And you're like, holy shit. Is that dying? So, Did somebody shoot one of the birds? They all have their own individual crows, right? They all have their own voices. Some are higher pitched, some are lower pitched, some are. Like Captain Sparkles literally sounds like a fucking T-Rex. No joke. Hey, so get she this. Really get this. I, I just saw this yesterday and I don't know how true it is. It was on Instagram or or on Twitter. I don't remember which I was on because I've watched a lot of videos in the last couple of days. But one of them has this, there was this science guy who got on there and he said that there's a harmonic pitch to a rooster's crow in the morning. Mm -hmm that actually helps your plants. Yes. It breaks a membrane. Yes. I think I sent it yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 I have, I have it up here. Um, because I was like, holy shit, yeah. this is really interesting. Could you imagine if people, the one thing like, um, no, that's, that no, that's it's the one, one that showed the filth of the world to show you that it's, no, yeah, that's, that's not that it one. either. Um, I, I know it's. It's one of these. Nope, it's not that one. No, that was a good one too, though. <laughs> We're finding all the good ones. Now. Although actually, it might be that one. No, it's not that one. It, oh, it could be. Yes, I think, I think it, it is. is that one. I think it is. Yeah, because it. Frequency yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. So listen to this guy, because this is weird. It, it, okay, and am I crazy? Before, I could be crazy, but I. When I heard this, I was like, wait a minute, we've got roosters, and she's been talking about her electroculture antennas, and I'm wondering, wait a minute. Is there a way to test this? Maybe one of you guys have had a lot of success with the electroculture antennas and you don't have any roosters on your property. Uh, supposedly, I don't like being waking up at fucking four. This has a lot to do with plants growing mm -hmm. and it's a scary thought. But if you've been ignoring this and we've, and maybe you can't get your family, like she was talking about having issues with tomatoes. I'm interested to see if she has tomatoes this time around because this time around the difference from last time and this time now is we, we got roosters. Yeah. Uh, will the neighbor have to be there too? No, it is completely, it, the complaint is completely anonymous. We're not even allowed to know who it was. The only reason I know who it was is because he literally cussed me out in the street. Um, Hence the reason if he ever steps foot on my property mm -hmm. again, he'll get a bullet Al in the Hauser said you may wish to record the roosters from the coop and also from the neighbor's property as additional evidence if needed. They didn't actually even say anything about the roosters in this the summons. All they said was that we're not allowed to have chickens on our property. Which isn't and true. And they, they quoted a code that says nothing about chickens. And when I went and actually looked up the code, um, you know, under the law, it says that you can have chickens if you have more than an acre. We have two separate lots. They are adjacent. One is 0.8 acres. That's the only one they looked at. The other is two acres. That's the one that the chickens are on. So they are within the law. However, it does also say that you're not allowed to have roosters, which is why they are emotional support emotional animals. Support animals. Ching. So, so I might just and, shut up and color tomorrow in the courtroom. I don't know yet. I, yeah. I kind of want to ask or start off. I'm thinking, hold on, ask, bring us up. I'm, I'll, I'll run it by you all. You all tell me, does this argument work for you? When they ask about all of this and they get us up there on the stand and they ask us, I'm thinking about starting off going, well, your honor, I'm really not sure why I'm here. Exactly. Oh yes. Like, like I understand <laughs> that there's some sort of an issue here, but I have not been able to get in touch with anybody in any office to tell me what the issue is. 
I nobody's come and knocked on my door. Nobody's placed a door hanger like they're supposed to. No one's followed up. Nobody's followed up. Nobody's come or called me back after I've called and left numerous messages on voicemail and with assistance. Um, I I'm I'm kind of confused why I'm still here. And we yeah. And then I'm going to have the judge explain it to me. And then I'm going to explain to him, well, see, now, if your investigator actually did their job, they would know that I actually own both lots. And when I purchased the house, Which we I'm, told them when we left the message, I'm going to I when I purchased the house, part of it was the county merging the two lots. Now, the county still hasn't done that because they have a backlog in paperwork. And when I called my realtor, it was really funny. He said, you know what? I called and you know what? They can't seem to find it. And I said, well, isn't that just comical? Because he knows I have the copy of the contract. It's in our contract mm -hmm. that we were merging the two lots as a, a part of the purchase. The county was going to merge the two lots and make one because I because said I didn't VA feel like. No, because the VA requires it for the mortgage. Well, that too. But not only that, I wasn't going to pay taxes on two lots when I can merge them and make one tax bill instead of having two separate tax bills, but now, especially with one half of the lot that's not even developed. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, can we do a secret spy cam recording of the proceedings for entertainment purposes? I do have. I do have a cop the, cam. The GoPro. I, I do have a cop cam. The GoPro. The cop cam is a Bluetooth it's to my phone. It's a brand new mini GoPro though. Mini? Like yeah, where mini, can we put mini, it? Mini Hero 11. It's like this big. All right. We it's gotta... right behind you on the, on the desk because I charged it. We just got to figure out a way to affix this to your purse so that it can see everything and hear everything. That's the only problem. We do have an, uh, a microphone though that will plug into this. Mm -hmm. Hmm. We might be able to do it. Ellsworth, um, we might, we might actually, you're a sneaky son of a bitch and I like where your head's at. That's, that's a great plan, sir. You're right. Mm -hmm. We might actually be able to pull this off. Um, hmm. There is a possibility to this. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we need a microphone because I think this has a microphone right there. Oh, this could be good. Oh yeah. Not a bad idea. Not a, yeah. Ellsworth. You are a sneaky son of a bitch and I like it, sir. Hey, you know what you get for that? Thunder, 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 thunder. Kicks. Get the fuck oh. out of here. <laughs> but anyway, I heard this guy and this, this really, this hit, hit a, hit a, a nerve on me and I sent it to VLAN and I was like, are, are you kidding me right now? Tell me if you notice a difference in your tomatoes. Cause that's the first thing I thought about. Mm -hmm. Check this shit out. This is nuts. Listen. There's a guy in Iowa. got curious, you know, why do the birds start chirping an hour before sunrise? He found out the chirping of the birds is a frequency that helps open up the plant cells, stomata on the bottom of the leaf. And it lets the plant start breathing in the morning. It helps us the alarm clock or wakes the plant up. He found out that that frequency is found in music, classical music, quite a bit. So he started playing classical music to his cornfield. His neighbors thought, you know, you know, he's a couple fries short of a happy meal, but uh, until his corn grew 15 feet tall. And he said, uh, what channel was that you're playing? <laughs> 
when he played the music to his squash plants, they produced five squash per leaf instead of one. He played it to his black walnut tree and it grew twice as fast as normal. Called Sonic Bloom. It's a combination of vitamins for the plant and special frequencies to open up the stomata. Hmm. How much is how much of that do farmers know that none of us do? A lot. Folks, look, if you are not driving down the road and talking to your local farmer and getting all the digs on how to plant and what to plant and where to plant and when to plant, you're an idiot. Your local farmer knows more about your area than you will ever you will he has or he or she has forgotten more than you will ever know. Let me put it that way. These people are a wealth of knowledge. And guess what? They're just like truck drivers. They're dying out. They're a dying breed. Yeah. Folks, a good truck driver these days are, it's hard to find. You can ask anybody. You can ask anybody that's on the road. Cause you know what I noticed today? I was driving up. I'm just in a small work truck, just a pickup, pickup with a fucking rack. And I saw a truck driver. He's like trying to get over. I slowed down. I gave him ample room. Stay out of the bread. He pulled out in front of me. He got up in front of where he was going. He got back over. He flashed his lights and honked his horn at me. Gave him a thumbs up. That's how you know there's still good people out there. Because you know what? Our jobs are the ones. Listen, if we're smart about this, when it comes time... It's when it comes time for us to not go to work, it's going to be us. I'm tired about these tired of, of these cocksuckers who go out there and say they're just, they're not like us. They have no idea. The Dan Bonginos, the, the, the guys that have made their millions doing this shit. They're not like us. We, we make no money doing this. We really don't. If you think we make money, I trade paychecks. Seriously. For two months, let's trade paychecks. A couple, couple hundred bucks here and there. It's basically enough to pay the internet bill. Maybe. And, Maybe. Uh, yeah. Hey! Internet, internet bill, the rumble bill, the Podbean bill, the, you know. <laughs> He's putting the dishes away. Hey, ass bills. clown! <laughs> Keep it down. Uh, Elzer said, have shut I Shut the door! It's... You can't, he's in the kitchen. He can't shut the door. You shut the door. He can shut the door. He can come down the hallway if he's going to make all that damn noise and shut the door. Sorry, I'm unloading the dishwasher. Well, do your chores at a more appropriate time. Like the first time your mom calls you. Have I heard about mycelium or mushroom composting in the soil, especially when used with electroculture? Uh, Jim Price has been talking about it a lot lately. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to reach out to Jim and see if I can go on a show and talk about electroculture a bit. Um, but uh, I've heard a little bit about it. Actually, you know, it's interesting. I I was uh, harvesting wood today from the far side of the yard near the, the neighbors that we like, right? There's like, we have these trees that have completely grown down and it basically shaves that whole area. It's a good piece of yard over there though. Yeah, but I love it. I love, I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. I know I do too. Because it keeps my work truck cool. Yes, absolutely. In the summer. But there's a whole bunch of a huge like dead sticks on the ground that have all dried out that I can use for antennas. So I was over there harvesting them and I came across a whole patch of, um, pink oyster mushroom, pink oyster mushrooms. Cause remember I had grown those mushrooms, not last year, but the year before, yep. but it brought all the bugs into the kitchen. Yep. 
it drove me freaking nuts. So I grew one crop. You can actually get two or three crops out of those, like grow your own mushroom bags. Right. Um, but I was like, I can't do it. So, but I didn't really want to waste it. So I threw it over there because that's a great place for mushrooms. And now we have a whole patch of pink oyster mushrooms growing up over there. So, but I'm just saying, this is, this is the shit that we've got to start getting smart about. If you guys aren't ready, it, this all comes back to getting ready. It, we got to be ready for this shit. There's, there's no other way to talk about this. Look, shit's going to get crazy. Shit's going to get hairy. Everybody knows that it's a matter of time. Maybe Mike Johnson will save the world. No. Okay. One more time. Do not marry the politician, marry the results. Mike Johnson, look. Could you not hear the sarcasm in my voice? I did. I heard the, the, the sarcasm. But listen, listen, Mike Johnson, you got one weekend, bro. If anybody goes home this weekend from fucking the Congress, nope, you'll be out in your high ass on Monday. Mm -hmm. Why? You guys have less than fucking 30 some odd days to fix our budget. Right now, I don't want to see another CR. I don't want to see another continuing resolution past your desk. Period. No, Without a to, balanced budget, he bro. wants to push it to January. He are, it, that's already coming out that he wants to put through a continuing then, resolution nope, until January. Nope. Nope. Then you're you're out in your but high horse. Apparently, nope. he's holding. He's supposedly going to hold a hard line on spending. Nope. Then Mike, you're out in your high horse. Look, dude, you've gotten no. Kevin McCarthy already fucked you, bro. Look, I am all about results. I could care less about the politicians anymore. You fuckers either get it done. You have until November 17th. You don't get it done on November 17th, November 18th. You better be voted out of your fucking chair. You piece of shit. Because I tell you what, this is all about results. Now I am no longer about, I don't fucking care. Want to see your family. I don't want to know about where you came from. I don't want to know your background politics. I don't even want to know your fucking religion. You piece of shit. Well, I want you to do the people's bidding from now until the 17th of November. You better cross every hurdle you can to get this budget passed or fuck you. You're out in your fucking high horse because that's the line we have to stand. We have to stand this line or it's going to get worse, folks. You know that as well as I do. Well, I'm sorry you don't want to hear about all that because that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So. No, I, I mean, seriously, hold on. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're Somebody wrong. in the chat, tell me I'm wrong. What I just said, I am not about the policy. I don't give a shit about his wife. Only got one leg, one lung and one eye. I don't give a fuck what I care about. I sent you to Washington, D.C. to do the bidding of your people. Actually, Louisiana did. Do okay. the bidding of your people. So you don't care that he's a. Bible beating nope, nope, MAGA hat. Nope. That, I, uh, I, it doesn't. Nope. Wanted to be a firefighter when he was growing up. Nope. Well, that's well too that bad. means he's a cop. We're going to get That means that. he was a cop. Because <laughs> all cops wanted to be firefighters when they were little. And the 56th Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, the Honorable Mike Johnson. No, 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 stop this shit. No, get back to the business of the people. They have to go through the procedures. You know this. You I, I, know, I know. You know that you know that. You know that the rules and regulations and procedures, the ceremony is important. It is. It is. 
but get back to the business of the people. I gotcha. No more weekend liberties to go back to your districts to campaign. So I got to hear about how difficult it is for you to campaign and run an office in the Senate No, I, or in the Congress. I don't give a shit anymore. Get back to the business of the people. We're, we are all dying, drowning in inflation debt brought to us by the current administration. Mm-hmm. Mike Johnson. First, first of all, the name. Why, why don't we just, why don't we listen to what big Mike Johnson has to say? <laughs> big Mike Johnson. And the 56 up with him. It's not about that anymore. It's, it's not about that. It's about getting back to, you know what? Okay. Y'all gave me a bunch of shit about Jim Jordan. You know what Jim Jordan wouldn't have done? Carried a fucking Bible up to the fucking podium when he's going up the first time. Why? Because it's not about religion. It's about getting back to the business of the people. Okay. You guys have been sitting around for three weeks, pulling your pud, talking about a new speaker that you couldn't elect. And now we got this dipshit. Well, and he might not be a dipshit, but the point is, is don't get a love. Don't fall in love with this guy. voted for him. He got 220 votes. They didn't even think that he was going to get all the votes. And he got 220 votes. Great. He's got a four seat majority. Everybody voted for him. Uh, Jeffrey's got like 209 votes. Um, and uh, they're they're touting him as having brought the conference together, the GOP back together. Yeah, and so the first time that he the first time that he says that he's going to spend any money, I tell you what, he better get cut short, fast, and loose. And I tell you what, his neck better be with him. Just saying. the challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. I want to say to the American people, on behalf of all of us here, we hear you. We know the challenges you're facing. We, we know that, uh, that there's a lot going on in our country domestically and abroad, and we are ready to get to work again to solve those problems, and we will. Our mission here is to serve you well, to restore the people's faith in this house, in this great and essential institution. Uh, this guy reminds me already of John Boehner. Just throwing it out there. You all tell me if I'm wrong, but if you don't right, see the right, John right, Boehner right, crying in his shorts. No, listen. For two weeks, you've been carrying on about, we need a speaker. We need a speaker. Yeah. Finally, we, got one. we yeah. have a speaker that everybody agreed on. Gotcha. Literally everybody voted on. I got gotcha. you. Why are you being negative right off the bat? Because I'm just waiting. Let's okay. see. Okay. Well, Let's... why don't you wait with positivity so that maybe we can give him good energy to do his job instead of throwing negativity on him so that he's destined to fail? Because he's a politician. So? They're how all long, politicians. How, how long has he been sitting in there? No idea. You mean to tell me there was nobody else? They went through like five others. I know. I That's my point. That's all I'm saying. Well, all I'm saying is stop being such a fucking negative Nancy. 
Well, let's. Okay, but when that first okay, he got elected five fucking minutes ago. Jesus, no, he give didn't. him a day. He got he got elected three hours ago. Okay, and he's already talking about letting him go this weekend. That's my point. We have how many days till the seventeenth of November, babe? When's your birthday? I I don't know. It's Two a countdown weeks? for you. Three weeks. I don't Come know. on, it's like another nail in the coffin. <laughs> Fuck you! You're older than I am. I just got two nails <laughs> above you. More like four, because I look better than you do. <laughs> my, my dad, it was mentioned my dad was a firefighter. He was an assistant chief on the fire department in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, a little town in northwest Louisiana. On September 17th, 1984, when I was 12 years old, he was critically uh, burned and permanently disabled in the line of duty. All I ever wanted to be when I grew up was the chief of the fire department in Shreveport. Um, but after the explosion on that fateful day, he nearly died, and it was a long road back, and it's changed all of our life trajectories. I'm the oldest of four kids, and, and my dad, um, he lived with pain all the rest of his life for decades more, and I lost my dad to cancer three days before I got elected to Congress, three days, and he wanted to be there um, at my election night so badly. Um, I'm the first college graduate in my family. This was a big deal to him, and... Um, so several weeks after that, it was early 2017, 2017, uh, it was my freshman term, and, and um, it, it fell to me to be in the rostrum one night to serve here as Speaker Pro Tem. I thought that was a big deal until I figured out that's what you do for freshmen late at night. <laughs> and I, I want to, I think if my memory serves, Miss Jackson Lee was, um, was winding down one of her long, eloquent speeches. <laughs> And not, not that I was not in, enraptured by her speech, but I, I looked up looked up at the top in, in of the chamber there, and I saw the face of Moses staring down. And um, I just felt in that moment the weight of this place, right? The, the history that is revered here and the future that we are called to forge. And I really was just kind of almost overwhelmed with emotion. It occurred to me in that moment, it had been several weeks, and I had not had an opportunity yet to grieve my dad's passing. And, and um, I just had this sense that, that somehow he knew. And, and I had tears come to my eyes, and I was standing here, and I'm wiping them away, and then it suddenly occurs to me, the late-night C-SPAN viewers are going to think something's very wrong with the new young congressman from Louisiana. It, it wasn't Sheila's speech. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just knew in that moment that my, my, my dad, my father, would be, would be proud of me, and I felt that he was. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I, I don't care. I know you don't. America doesn't want to hear it. America doesn't care. This is the point. We're there. We're at that precipice, at least with politicians now. We can fucking say it with complete, obligatory, uh, just nonsense. We could just say, look, no more. Uh, it's not about your background. It's not about your mom. It's not about your dad. It's not about your kids. It's not about your wife. It's about what you do for us at this exact moment. Whether or not we hang you from the outsides of the walls of the Capitol when we're done taking over this bitch. That's the difference. That's where we're at. We're not at the nice, oh, well, Mike Johnson, he's got the biggest Johnson in the cat. No, it's not about that anymore. 
Now it's about, look, you either go to work for us like you said you were going to. You do what we said you do. Or we hang your body just like the rest of them draped around the Capitol. Sparky, I'm really impressed that you can remember that far back. Sparky says he can remember when he was sweet. Sparky was sweet. Sparky used to be a nice guy. When he was a toddler? When he was like three. <laughs> no, definitely not three. Three-year-old boys are possessed by no, demons and it makes them bipolar. Boys are... No, three-year-old boys are. Four, four, year old. four is better. Three dude, is, dude three, Liam was three. an asshole when he was four. Liam's been an asshole his entire life. That's well, different. this is true. In all of our communities, Hold on. children, wait, wait, let's start again. and even in all of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable, and Americans should not have to worry about how they're going to, in all. I mean, he's saying the right things, you know. Close the border, stop the fentanyl, bring down inflation. We'll see if he actually does it. I hope so. We'll see. I, I'll sit here and twiddle my thumbs. Can't you do I, that? I, I will do that. I'll color in the corner. I'll. What do you want me you to, want me to color? get you a piece of paper? Let me. Let me color. I'll color something. Okay. 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 I'll color. I'll sit here and color. I'm just saying. I'm tired of it. I'm already tired of it. I, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I don't give a fuck. I want to see what you do. And I'm telling you right now, Saturday is going to be the first test because when Congress is recessed on Friday night, Mike, big Dick Johnson, you got a real problem, bro, because what are you doing for the American people? That's my first question. If our Congress has been released to go back to their districts, what are you doing for the American people? Because we're not getting a budget resolution passed. And I don't give a shit what you say about January, motherfucker. You've got till November 17th. Just letting you know, that's where the American people stand. But yeah, you're right, Sparky. Let's uh, close the barn, the barn door after all the horses have already escaped. Close the border now. No. After, after, yeah, after they already after, got in. Yeah, now that there's a lot. After we already let in all the wolves. Exactly. That's a great idea. So they kill the rest of the cattle. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Fucking. Jesus. Uh, Sparky, why aren't you in NATO? Why aren't you working for the UN? Oh, God, those fucks. You'd kill them all. Just to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that scripture, the Bible is <clears throat> very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it and just to take good care of it. I completely agree with him, and I disagree with him all at the same time. You're damn right. God did put you there for your extraordinary beliefs and everything else, that all the other bullshit you just said. Let me put it to you this way, pal. He didn't put you there to turn the other cheek. He said, stop doing that shit, you stupid faggot. Stop turning the other fucking cheek. 
It's not about that anymore. The people are going to decide your fate. It's on you, bro. Like you, you couldn't have stepped into a worse position. I have no idea why Kevin McCarthy was so set on that position. That would be one position. If I was in Congress right now, I'd be like, keep that bitch away from me by like 30 fucking goddamn feet. I don't ever want to be brought up in the conversation for that bitch. Well, Kevin McCarthy was Nancy Pelosi approved. So, you know, I, I got you. That's how that goes. Anyway, you know who else believes in the Bible and biblical prophecy? Benjamin Netanyahu. Bibi Netanyahu. Oh, Bibi? Quoting it. What? In Bible verse? Not in Bible verse. Bible verse. He's got to be talking about the Torah, mm. not the Bible. Oh, the, the uh, Old Testament God, Isaiah specifically. Our war against Hamas is a test for all of humanity. It is a struggle between the axis of evil of Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas, and the axis of freedom and progress. We are the people of the light. They are the people of darkness, and light shall triumph over darkness. Citizens of Israel, October 7th was a very dark and black day in our history, we will fully investigate what had happened at our southern border, the border with Gaza. Everybody will have to provide answers, myself included, but all that will happen only after the war. As a prime minister, I'm responsible for guaranteeing the future of this country, and now my role is to lead all Israelis, the state of Israel and the people of Israel, to an overpowering victory. It is now a time to come together for one purpose, to storm ahead to achieve victory. And joined with joint forces and a profound belief in our justness, a profound belief in the eternity of the Jewish people, we shall realize the prophecy of Isaiah. There will no longer be stealing at your borders and your gates will be of glory. Together we will fight. Together we will win. Uh, I, uh, my Hebrew Hebrew is rusty, <clears throat> rusty, very rusty. I'd have to consult someone else. But there's part of what he said about the prophecy of Isaiah that she said that he didn't say. And I was like, wait a minute. You kind of skipped over the whole prophecy because Isaiah strictly talks about the return of the Lord. And uh, that is the part that she left out. She didn't even say that. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That is very interesting. Where is that? I, 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 I will actually, I know exactly who I'm going to talk to about this because I know exactly somebody I can call on this and ask them to listen to the background and give me the Hebrew translation. Hold on, because I'm looking up that prophecy. I, I had it, and I thought it was there, and it's not. All right, well, we got to continue. You, you don't have time to go look. Yes, I do. No. Have, have you have you guys heard about this guy that's like living some 30 years in the future, supposedly? He's about to tell us about a Category 5 hurricane that's about to break over Acapulco and turn up the eastern seaboard and tear up everything from florida to new york this one yeah this guy this guy apparently he claims to be in the from the future 
I, I, I okay. heard about him. I heard about him last night. Um, it was crazy. I was sitting there reading this thing and like this guy claims to be from the future. And he says that Hurricane Otis is going to be an Eastern Pacific. Eastern Pacific has unexpectedly and explosively intensified and I can't even say it intensified from a tropical storm to a category four hurricane in just 12 hours. Even worse, the storm is expected to have catastrophic landfall tonight as a category five hurricane near Acapulco, Mexico. One million people are about to perish to this storm. Uh, only 18 hours ago, people were expecting a tropical storm with landfall. Now is devastating. And now it is a devastating category five storm. And it's likely to hit land, make landfall as a category five. This is pretty much a worst case scenario for the residents that have lived their lifetime in a safe harbor and protection from property from life-threatening storms. A major hurricane, three plus, has never made landfall within 50 miles of Acapulco, let alone a Category 5. Otis could become the Eastern Pacific hurricane's biggest ever recorded to have ever made landfall as a Category 5 in Mexico. And this is supposed to spin across... and. This guy lives in the future. So this spins across Mexico, picks up storm or, or steam in the, um, in the Gulf coast and then tears up the East coast of the U S look at how big this fucker is. That's a big fucking storm. That's where it's at right now. Yes. And yesterday was a tropical storm. No one expected it to get this big this fast. Like it's completely unanticipated. Look at that eye wall. It is completely defined in the center. You can see that shit. From I mean, it's fucking black. Normally space. when you see an eye wall, it's red, but I've never seen an eye wall black before. No, not like that. That's insane. That is some power. Somebody's about to get fucked up Holy on the other end of that. Acapulco is going to be no more. Y'all might want to just go ahead. If you're going to Acapulco anytime soon, nope, because it ain't going to be there much longer. Finger of God's about to touch it. No shit. I mean, no bullshit on that one. That's some scary shit right there. Wow. That's, that's God shit right there. No joke. Did you find what you were looking for? No. Okay. Um. Let's see, but. Leo had said something. Yeah, it's a tropical storm to a category five in less than 24 hours. They're actually saying, and funny because this was predicted by that guy from the future that yes. that it would become a category six hurricane, which has never existed before. We they don't have it. The scale stops at five. Yeah, but once it gets past a certain five, point, it's just like it's that's it. That's God. It's yeah, like they they already admit that they're that's something supposedly they going to designate this as a category six. According to the guy who's from the future, from the future. So we'll who see. knows? Um, we're not holding. I think we just played his video the other day, didn't mm -hmm. we? Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, that's why I brought that up. Yeah. Because holy shit. Now there's cloud to like, he's, actually... I think he had called it something else though. He didn't call it Otis. He called it like Ophelia or something. No, I thought he called it Otis. I don't know. It was an O cause it would be a male's name. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's on the left coast this time. It's on the, it's avocado time. It's not on. Yeah. East coast time or New York time. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah. And Leo said, yeah. And, and, uh, weather manipulation doesn't exist. Tell me, babe, what did the, uh, on Monday, what did the local news say about the weather for this week? It was going to be cool. 
for the most part. And it wasn't going to rain at all. No. It was going to be totally dry all yep. week. And then that day. Well, they said sprinkles. Mm, they was, said there was a possible possibility of rain on Thursday. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. Well, they, uh, and then when I was driving the kid, uh, where was I going? Oh, I, I was going to the post office on Monday. And the chemtrails throughout the skies were ridiculous. It was insane. Well, I was, I looked over at the kid and I was like, it's going to rain in the next 48 hours. He said, no, it's not going to rain in the next four. What are you talking about, mom? I said, look at the chemtrails. He said, no, it's supposed to be dry all week. Nope. It's going to rain in the next 48 hours. Look at the chemtrails. Sure as shit, it rained today. Rained yesterday too. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, weather manipulation is nothing. It's a conspiracy it theory. Doesn't Why do you that. listen to us? We're conspiracy theorists. Why are you listening to us? Yeah. Oh, because we've been more accurate than Fox News, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, and any other fucking local news service you want to put up. You're right. Well, Touche. They're a bunch of jackhats. So. Touche. That's why I would keep with us. We have a better accuracy yeah. rating. Anyway, back to war. And the prospects of war. And the prospects of war. Because, man, these bitches are... This is war margarina. This is now I understand what you all saw when I went to war in Iraq in 2005. Now I understand. Touche. You're right. You all are right. This is war margarina at its best. This is wanting to get Americans killed in a way that I have. Until you're on that side when you've got to make that call. So Kanako with a great, you know, he's always an excellent follow. Yes, he is. The Pentagon is deploying two carrier strike groups, 11 Burke class destroyers, a number of Ticonderoga class cruisers, amphibious assault ships, uh, THAAD and Patriot missile defense systems, multiple squadrons of fighter jets, strategic bombers, and undisclosed assets to the Middle East. The Pentagon expects Iranian proxies be Lebanon to continue to target U.S. troops in the region, and has already stated that they will respond decisively because they've responded so decisively in the past. What's the probability that this escalates into war between the United States and Iran? The Pentagon. Between October 17th and the 24th, U.S. and coalition forces have been attacked at least 10 separate times in Iraq, three separate times in Syria, a mix of one-way attack drones and rockets. Um, here, we'll just let this jackass talk. Between he really is a jackass. God too. bless the Air Force. I guess. Between October 17th and the 24th, uh, U.S. and coalition forces have been attacked at least 10 separate times in Iraq and three separate times in Syria uh, via a mix of one-way attack drones and rockets. So again, those are the initial numbers. We're continuing to work to CENTCOM to ensure we get you the facts on these. These at least 13 attacks uh, on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria um, do you believe that Iran is responsible for these? Were these all conducted by Iranian-backed proxies? Well, you know, I, I think um, we've been pretty clear on this, and I and my, uh, you know, I, actually, before we continue with this guy, before you leverage your hate at him, really quick, the only reason I bring this up, uh, you know, my my old man. He, he probably had to do this job at some point. <coughs> he probably had to brief the press, do some shit like this and stand in front of a bunch of cameras. And whether or not he told the truth, I don't know. What I do know is this. 
This guy, unfortunately, is not the guy calling any of the shots. He wears a star. He works in the Pentagon. There are about a dime a dozen in there. You can throw a quarter and hit them. Dead serious. They're all over the fucking place. Stars are everywhere. Matter of fact, you didn't even get my spidey senses tingling until you told me that there was a lieutenant general standing outside my office. That's when I kind of get worked up. And I wouldn't even kind of get worked up. I might throw my dip bottle out. Probably didn't. I probably still talked to him with a great big lipper in my fucking lip and said, what, sir? But this, this guy, unfortunately, he's not the problem. He probably has very right-wing views. He probably agrees with us 100%. But the problem is, is he is the mouthpiece standing in front of the American people right now that we're going to leverage our hate against one person. You just happen to be the jackass in front of a microphone that's just open in your mouth. And yeah, we're going to come after you. Sorry, dude. But think about that before you start going after these guys. Colleagues at the White House yesterday talked about this as well. Um, we know that the groups conducting these attacks are supported by uh, the IRGC uh, and the Iranian regime. What we are seeing is the prospect for more significant escalation against U.S. forces and personnel across the region uh, in the very near term coming from Iranian proxy forces and ultimately from Iran. So by virtue of our announcement over the weekend, uh, we are preparing for this escalation both in terms of defending our forces and responding decisively. And I just want to emphasize the point that I made earlier, which is that we always reserve the right to defend ourselves and we will never hesitate to take action when needed to protect our forces and our interests overseas. So to be clear, um, we have significant capabilities in the theater right now, right? I mean, you've got the Ford that's in the Eastern Mediterranean, you've got an expanded number of fighter aircraft throughout the region, in addition to the naval assets that are already in the Central Command AOR. So there should be no confusion uh, whether or not, you know, we have the ability to, to respond. To Let's not also forget about the current Delta team that's on the ground in Israel and the BUDS, the, the SEAL Team 6 team that's on the ground in Israel as well, because Joe let that cat out of the bag as well. And those are two really big force multipliers that you're very quickly skipping over that you're not talking about that you know as well as I fucking do. They are your two primary strike agents for any hostage rescue situations that you have in the area. Plus you have two SIF teams, not even less than two hours flight from that location. Hmm. Let's not talk about that though. Any potential threats right now. The announcement over the weekend, as it highlighted, is intended to enhance those capabilities uh, and sustain those capabilities uh, for as long as we may need in order to continue to both deter and protect our troops. Since that Hamas terrorist attack, we've also been crystal clear that we do not want to see the situation in Israel widen, or widen rather, into a broader regional conflict. And as you've heard President Biden, Secretary Austin, and other senior U.S. leaders say, our message to any country or group thinking about trying to take advantage of this situation to widen the conflict is don't. We've already deployed a significant number of additional U.S. military capabilities into the region to bolster our regional deterrence efforts, strengthen our capabilities there, and enhance our ability to respond to a range of contingencies. 
In addition to the capabilities that we've already announced, I can also confirm that the New Jersey Air National Guard's 119th Expeditionary Fighter Squadron arrived within U.S. Central Command's area of responsibility today with additional F-16 Fighting Falcon Squadron uh, bolstering U.S. posture to deter further aggression in the region. Again, it is our aim to avoid any regional expansion of Israel's conflict with Hamas, but we stand ready and prepared to protect and defend our partners and our interests, and we'll act to do so. Finally, in terms of force protection, uh, it, the message is simple. As Secretary Austin has consistently made clear, we will take all necessary measures to defend our troops and our interests overseas. And that's currently our naval assets near Israel. Every fucking day, Leo. Every fucking day. Leo asked, Mick, do you ever listen to these guys and think, holy fuck, my life was in these guys' hands for so long? Yes. Leo, the best was I had to brief one of these douchebags. This is the greatest. This is probably the best story, I think, out of my whole military career I can tell. Oh, so we were uh, in Afghanistan, and uh, we were briefing a pretty high-level raid. We were going after a pretty key target that we had been looking for for a hot minute. And we just, the douchebag went back to doing something stupid and we caught him. Long story short, we had this excellent plan worked out. How are we going to get this guy? And I knew exactly how we get this guy because this guy was, he was one of those, he was a recluse unless one of his kids were in harm's way. So. What I bolstered, my idea was that we give some money to one of the local warlords <clears throat> to attack this kid's school. Now you say, Mick, how, how could you do that? That's disgusting. Because I know that dude's coming with all his troops. When he comes with all his troops, we know exactly where he's going to be. And we could just take him right off the battlefield and they would never even know that he's gone. Because he's so used to getting in his car with his kid and disappearing. As soon as we know that we got him. You tell everybody to turn around and go away. So this general had to think about this. This is one of Obama's generals. This took forever. Took close to 38 days for him to come to a decision. And then we finally got to the point where we're like, well, we can't do it anymore. Why? That was like time sensitive. We knew where he was going to be within two weeks. You blew that by two weeks. And I told him that in a briefing. And there was a lot of high-level people there. You blew that like two weeks ago. That intelligence is no longer any, any good. And if I could have gotten the epic reaction from another four-star general who was on this call, you all would laugh your ass off because I sat there and he said, well, why didn't we act on this two weeks ago? I said, I've been waiting, sir. And that's all I did. And I pointed at the general. And I left him in front of the camera and I walked out of frame. How do you think that went over? Probably not very good. It's probably why we were kicked out of country very shortly after that. But anyway, it's really funny. You got to come home. I did. I was home a little earlier. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this was, um, this is, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. He's not wrong either.
So I can't do it. I just can't. That's why I hope we don't go to war. I hope we do not have to ever go to war. I think, first of all, we can all agree on this. We got the best military on planet Earth, the United States. We got the best. Yeah. All there. Yeah. Yes. True. True. But listen, if we had to have a draft <laughs> with this group of 18 to 25 year olds, we got running around this country. Just a bunch of life coaches and bloggers will help. <laughs> I don't want to get my shoes dirty. <laughs> you ever been shot? No, I've been triggered. Okay. <laughs> that it, listen, that <laughs> it's scary, but it's true. That is this country was built. This country was built 18 to 25 year old men fighting, protecting our freedom. Probably not like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't come into our country. Uh, <laughs> my jeans are too skinny for that. <laughs> That's like, imagine if the Civil War happened today. Civil War happened in 2000. Win, like, win the battle, we wouldn't even make it to the field. All right, men, tomorrow we march. What is that, ragweed out there? <laughs> Looks like a lot of pollen out on that field right now. Can we delay the battle till April? I am very sensitive. <laughs> I did not bring my inhaler. Just in the bunker taking selfies. Hashtag Confederate Live. <laughs> Use the Gettysburg filter. <laughs> I haven't seen the other soldiers, but they've tweeted me some very hurtful things. <laughs> <laughs> and why do we bring this up? Because I found a picture that supports what this gentleman was just saying. And this is the scary part, because when you see this, you're going to go, what the fuck is wrong with us today? And yeah, no shit. Folks, I'd love to say that this was an army base. I'd love to say that this is in the United States Army. This isn't. This was at Camp Pendleton, United Camp States, or Camp Lejeune, United States Marine Corps barracks, Camp Lejeune, right here. That's the picture. Yeah, this is... This is what's going to war for us, folks. That amazing thing right there. Yeah, is that a kilt? Sure, that's a kilt. But I'm sorry, that ain't a man. That was Camp Lejeune. So you tell me, do you feel real confident for who's fighting for you? It's the stockings that kill it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was the rest of the Marines that were looking at him like, are what you fucking fuck? serious, dude? I'm about to chew your fucking head out, head off and fucking shit down your neck. Um, dude, that guy right behind him in the DCUs, he's like walking behind him. He's, he's like, ready to fucking tear his goddamn head off. He's like, fuck you, you little fucking queer. Look at this kid laughing. Yeah. Fuck. This is the Marine Corps. We're doomed. You're we right. Are so doomed. We are so doomed, Leo. It's a scary thought. It is uh, fucking scary, folks. Yeah, it's like um, this one. I think we should draft this check. I think she should just go to. Honestly, I think she should just go over to Palestine right now. Just enjoy Palestine right now. Because I bet she would get along with all the Palestinians mm -hmm. real good right now. 
Go. Don't be an Uber driver. Yeah. Are you Ben? Yes, I am. Do me a favor. Can you move the seat forward because it's it's hitting my knees at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Hold on. It's, can you hold on? I didn't even put my seatbelt on, sir. Can you, like, slow down? You in a rush? Because if you're in a rush, I'm going to panic. It's too hot in here. Can can I lower this window or something? Yeah, go ahead. You know, your seatbelt is really tight around my neck. Has anybody uh, else complained about this? No, no, ma'am. No, they yes! Well, then take it off. No, I'm not going to take it off. I'm going to an important meeting right now. Like, I can't have my hair off. You're having an important meeting at 7 p.m.? What is that your concern? What the fuck I do? I'm trying to explain to you, I don't get, I'm not getting any ventilation right now. Okay? And I don't appreciate your smart remark about me having a meeting at 7 o'clock, which I'm going to be late because of you. You showed up late. Sorry about that. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you giving me an attitude, sir? No, ma'am, I'm not. All I have to do is report you to Uber, and so be it. You will be kicked off this this app, okay? Let me tell you, I've gotten other people kicked off. This freaking seat is leaning on my knee. You have to have consideration for passengers when they get in your car, and you don't question them where they're going. I want another Uber driver. Look, good. Bitch. Get the fuck out of the car right then and there. Look, right, no problem. Hey, you I'll fucking... drop you off on the side of the fucking highway. Off look, you go, bitch. Look, you dumb cunt. How about you get eat some salads? First of all, I mean, that's a start. Try eating some salads. First of all, maybe starve yourself a little bit because maybe the rest of your fat will eat the rest of your ass that's pushing your knees into the seat. So the poor man doesn't have to hear about your fat ass touching the fucking back of the seat. Stop. Jesus fucking Christ. What? She's obviously related to this lady. Now you can always tell first off from the eyes and secondly, from the hair. Trump hater. So you can always tell. You can tell. You can tell. Yep. Check this out. Is this a serious question? You're asking me if I truly think that the country is in better place now than it was when Trump was president. Fuck, yes, I do. Of course I fucking do. And of course, Biden has spent much of his time cleaning up the shit that your fat fuck president, Nimrod stupid criminal, did to damage this fucking country for so many fucking years. And we're still cleaning up. Not only are we cleaning up governmentally and policy-wise, but we're cleaning up the shit on the streets because you racist fucks keep fucking everything, shooting everybody, and basically being prejudiced about against anybody who doesn't look like your white fucking skin and blue eyes. So do I think this country is in a better place than it was when Trump was president? Fucking A, yes, I do. You cannot change my mind. Don't even try because the facts are there. Do some research, factual research, not opinion now, facts. We have. Is this a serious question? And you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. You've been tried. You've been judged. You've been proven unworthy. You're wrong. Don't go away mad. Just, Just go away. You're wrong. Your president has put us in such a position. I, 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 I don't. I honestly don't think we can get out of it. Can someone tell that lady that she's white? And tell her that she's a ma'am, too. At the same time, tell her that she's a ma'am because she'll get really upset by that. She'll be like, I'm a he, him. <laughs> yes, mental illness is real. It's very real. That's why we have chickens. They're emotional support animals. 
You should all get chicken. Hold on. That's it. Thunder. Thunder. Thunder kicks. Get the fuck oh. out of here. Oh. Folks, it's a in thunder case, kicks. In case you it's a it. thunder kicks for the emotional support animals of chickens. Seriously. Emotional support chickens will change your life. They will. They will. We got a flock of them. They will they will cure your PTSD. Zion would be proud they will of bring us. You closer Zion, to God. guess what? All of your roosters now are um their emotional support animals. <laughs> you cannot laugh in court tomorrow. I know it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard to say. I can't say it. I can't say that I have chickens that are emotional support animals. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Do you all see my fucking? I, I'm laughing hysterically. My bad. I'm Angry sorry. Po, we had a chick. We had a raccoon <sighs> problem when we first got chickens too. So oh. we built a giant fucking enclosure. It's 16 by 24 feet. It's like a it's a steel prison. 15 it's a chicken feet tall. Prison. So yes, it's chicken prison. It's no joke. And now the raccoons can fuck off. So, um, yes. Chickens bring you closer oh, to God. I'm just going to be laughing so hard. This is just, uh, I'm sorry. This is so stupid. It doesn't, why am I going to court tomorrow? What? Think about this, folks. This is so stupid. This is what they waste your money on. This is where your taxpayer money goes. It goes to stupid shit like this that I've got to go appear in court. This magistrate's getting paid thousands of dollars an hour to be there. Why? Because you know what? He deserves it. I'm not going to fault him. He's a judge. He's a lawyer. He went through the fucking tough times. He knows what it's like. But I've got to go to court tomorrow because some stupid bitch didn't want to do her fucking job. And they're wasting your money to try and prosecute me. Well, probably not any of their money because I don't know that any of them live in our county. But um, but know, it doesn't generally. matter. It's, it's generalization. But know. you know. all are going through the same Everywhere. shit. It's all the same. It's just, oh, well, it's in Appling County. It's not in Chatham. Well, what, what the fuck does it matter? Jesus Christ. It's it's the world. It's us. It's the people. Polkadot says they're only allowed one chicken per acre here. Chickens are social animals. You can't just have one chicken. Yeah, it doesn't work. That That's way. insane. That's fucked up. We're allowed to have 10 chickens per acre over one acre up to yeah so we have two and a half we have two and a half acres we're allowed to have 25 chickens correct and we have four over that no we don't we have 25 chickens no well, we have 25 chickens we have five that are emotional support animals uh no no we have we have 25 chickens and four ducks mm-hmm. you should have made the ducks emotional support animals they, they they didn't even count the ducks they didn't even know the ducks are here Good. Well, we'll just keep that quiet. Yeah. Hush, hush. Exactly. Don't talk about the ducks. No, not at all. So I want to talk about the medical benefits of chicken eggs and how we initially got them after Mick's heart attack uh, in, an effort, jab injury. in an effort to cure his PTSD. And um, we went, you know, and stopped his seizures and fix his heart. And so we went all pure and natural and started growing our own food and sourcing our protein. 
hence the chickens. The chickens help me make compost so that I can grow our food. And uh, I grow food for the chickens and for the entire family. We've had amazing success and we've essentially cured mixed PTSD, but we found that his mood was best when he went and hung out with the chickens. So therefore they're his emotional support animals. And they come running to me now. They do. Like I walk out there, I just put my arms up and the birds come to me. Mm -hmm. Like birds, where are you? And all the birds, all of them, even the ducks now, even the ducks do it. Yep. Because all the roosters do it. Yep. Because the roosters are like, hey, that's our alpha. Yep. Don't fuck with that guy. He'll kill you. Or he'll put his dog on you and she'll kill you because she's killed some other ones. And the craziest thing is the island that we live on is considered a bird sanctuary. It is, it's already designated as a conservation preservation area for birds. How the fuck are you going to come in and tell me I got to kill my chickens when we're in, we live on a fucking bird sanctuary. They're birds. They fly. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. You're right. You know what? BT, don't be, don't be ashamed that you recommended us to record this. I think it was Ellsworth, but yeah. Or Ellsworth. Don't, mm -hmm. yeah, I, it would BT Ellsworth. That's okay. how he used to go on uh, yeah. All right. Twitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I always call him by their Twitch names because I always remember them that way. But don't be upset about that because that's actually a really good idea. I kind of think that that's something we need to do just so you all can see it. I mean, why not? And I'm going to sell electroculture antennas to the entire court. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> she's going to pimp her business while she's in there. But while, while I'm in here, did you guys hear about the amazing, amazing benefits of electroculture? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about electroculture for one minute. Come on over. Check this out. This is amazing. Anyway. You want to get hot? Absolutely. It's about that time, fuckers. You know yeah. what it is. Break forth. If you can smoke it, if you can put it away, it's your time. Yes, sir, madam. Get it out for the J-Man. Nick giggling like a silly schoolgirl. Trust me. She's going to get me so stoned before I go in there. She's going to make sure I'm well lubricated before I even go in there, just so I don't lose my temper and jump across the bench and start trying to kill motherfuckers. Because <laughs> one of the things, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with every single one of you right now, and I'm going to put this out over the air because I want this hurt. They come back tomorrow and they try to tell me that they, they're going to come kill my chickens. Let me tell you something. You're about to hear Ruby Rich, Richmond Hill because that's what it's about to be. And I'm going to make that shit true because I'll tell you what, you ain't coming to touch my chickens, not without a fucking really long stick. And it better reach a mile because I'm going to start clipping your ass at the corner. And when the first couple bodies pile up after that, you'll figure it out not fucking around you're not fucking with some simple dick i can kill you from a mile it's not a joke it's not a dare it's not a threat it's a promise you come to my property to cause any harm i will kill you a mile out period you have emotional support cox 
That's what I already told you. That's I know. what we were laughing about earlier, remember? <laughs> I know. I just had to reiterate it because it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I know BSS is all chimed up about it. He's Love all happy about ladies, it. Ladies, the space is limited for your emotional support cock. Therapy, Therapy Saturdays on the homestead is going to take on a whole new meaning. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> oh man, that's. <laughs> because that's what we do on Saturdays. We have therapy Saturdays for veterans. Mixed veteran friends come over. They hang out with the chickens and the dogs. They talk. Yeah. Oh shit! They drink beer, and then we feed them a pure, nutritious meal, and we send them home with eggs. Yeah, that is how we do therapy Saturdays on the homestead. No, no shit. That's a, a real deal. Happens every Saturday. Like, <clears throat> look, I got a, I got a really good friend of mine. He's black. I got a really good, my best friend. He's white. The two of them come over on Saturday. They talk about their shit. We talk about our shit amongst the three of us. We share stories, swap stories, drink beer. We eat a really good home cooked meal. They watch some college football and they go home. Yep. And let me tell you something, it they, helps. they get, it, it's the, the brotherhood that's there. Even if two guys are connected, the third guy feels like he's a part of the team because it's the same brotherhood you had when you were in the army. It's no different. It's what I, I I'm trying to do on TNT Thursdays. You kind of want some more vets to get in there, but like, Hey, we could share army stories, air force stories. I don't give a shit. Share your funniest story because I don't have them all. I just got the ones I remember. And shit, I don't even remember half of them because I did some really fucked up shit when I was well, in the beginning of my career. But that's beyond the point. Um, no, seriously, that's what I'm trying to do on Thursday nights. Hey, if you guys want to, we use football as a cover. I mean, right now it's just football because it's the football season. But after the football season, what does it become? Well, then it's going to be the NHL because I'm sorry. I love watching hockey. Hockey's a lot of fun. Oh, Very angry too. Anyway. And don't forget ladies tonight is the W seven. So, yes, it is. uh, Lion, I'll be dropping the links here. I'm sure soon ladies night on the W seven. I'm definitely hopping in tonight. Cause I got to, uh, I got to do a bunch more paperwork and print pictures and shit. So, you know, I'm just printing them in oh, black and white. I don't give a fuck. Of the court. house and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I got to print the paperwork showing that we've registered the nonprofit bioregenerative farm to help veterans with PTSD here at this address. Mm -hmm. Can we register that here yeah. per yeah. zoning? Yeah, I guess we could yeah. because yeah. it's a nonprofit. We it's have a nonprofit. three acres. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, we don't have three acres. 2.85. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Good point. Anyway. Yeah. So. Moving right on. Oh, all right. Yes. Bring up Gates because go there. That's that's just our, because I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I told you all before I like this guy. I do. You know what? I really do. And I want you to listen to this because this is really important. 
And he says a lot in this. And one of the things he does talk about is the fact that he doesn't want to be the speaker at all. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He wants the government to run right. And I love that because that's per the constitution. Listen. So as Emmer is withdrawing, Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer, and that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. Who was that? Kevin McCarthy stands up oh, and come erupts on. and says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was exasperated. All the times Johnson had voted for McCarthy, had carried his water, maybe even voted for some bills he didn't like because he, he was working toward the Republican conference's stated objectives under McCarthy. And, and here was the thing. It showed everyone that it was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Scalise. It was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Jim Jordan. It was McCarthy working to knife everyone, and he hadn't yet figured out a way to knife Mike Johnson. And so he was worried that there was going to be this great unifying moment, and he scuttled the unifying moment. So because of McCarthy's objection, we had to have this three-hour delay. And, you know, candidates announce again, have another form. And guess what happens during that delay, Steve? Patrick McHenry runs to the House floor, opens it up out of recess, and then adjourns till noon today. Now, why did he do that? Because they were setting up a play to block Mike Johnson with write-in votes in the intra-conference process for Kevin McCarthy. They were promising people hearings on their favorite legislation, passage of bills. I heard people promised, oh, maybe you'll get a, a chairmanship. And, and the play was for McCarthy to return as speaker and then Jim Jordan to be the deputy speaker in some sort of like Dwight Schrute assistant to the regional manager posture. And that would have been debasing to Jordan, someone I like a great deal, and it would have been empowering to McCarthy. So Garrett Graves and all these people are working to try to effectuate this return of McCarthy. And they're telling us they're going to be a hundred votes for McCarthy on the right end. You know how many there were? 33 on the first right end. So they flame out terribly. Mike Johnson's gaining momentum. Ultimately, Mike, uh, McCarthy gets 43 to vote for him on a secret ballot, but Mike Johnson gets a majority, and then he says, you know what I want? I want a roll call vote so that those 43 would have to announce themselves as, as being for a candidate who wasn't even running instead of a unifying force like Mike Johnson. And when we called for the roll call, do you know how many people voted for Kevin McCarthy? Zero. Yes, folks, twitless wonders run our country. If that's what you were wondering, if that's the question you were asking, if you wanted to know if a bunch of ballless sons of bitches run our country, there's your answer. Mm -hmm. Do All I need all backroom deals and do, bullshit? Do I need to say any more? Listen, when when I get angry about this cat, Mike Johnson, I'm not holding any like or dislike for the gentleman. 
hear me proper. So that way, when you quote tweet me and you put me in your fucking nasty bullshit to try and debase the show, go for it. What, what do you have to debase, dude? We smoke weed on the air, bro. Seriously. What, what are you going after? There's, there's nothing to debase here. All right. We're honest. So let's be real. This is the point that's real. When you see this shit, you see this sacrificial kneel bending or knee bending, so to speak, from people. And Matt Gates happens to be one that is showing it. Just happens to be, hey, look at this screen I'm showing you right now. Do you hear what is being said? That's what Matt Gates is saying. And I, I kind of, you know, in a way right now, I know I'm not, I don't care about who the speaker is. What I care about is getting back to the people's business. What I care about is getting back to what matters to America, to America, not to what matters to Israel or what matters to Ukraine. And, and don't get me, don't, don't, don't come at me sideways. Say, well, you don't care about the Israeli. No, I, I care about it. But right now, what I'm more concerned about is my own country. Because our border has been open since this cocksucker's been in charge. We all know it. You know it. I know it. They've let everybody and their mother through our southern border. We have no idea who's here anymore. They're terrorists? Sure. Chinese terrorists? Sure. Tiny spot. Yup. Are there? Okay. Yup. How did we get? Oh, we brought them here when we transported all those flights with all those undocumented immigrants that we brought. Oh yeah. When we left Afghanistan. Yeah. That's an embarrassing moment. Well, you might not care about who the speaker is, but MSNBC is like freaking the fuck out. Why? You know. Because he's a no, because they're drama um, queens. Because they're they pounding they, on the war drum. He's pound on the war drum. Maga, because he's an election denier. Because of all Fuck of that. Listen, before about um, uh, Trump uh, knowing that he had lost, and there was that rose garden moment uh, after the Supreme Court decision, and he said to you. I don't want people to know I lost, right? He said that to Mark Meadows. I was I was standing catty corner to uh, Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows and I were leaving the residence. We were at a Christmas reception. And then the president was going back to, to the residence from the Oval Office. So I was with Mark, stepped behind Mark. And this was a conversation between the president and Mark Meadows. That was part of our interview with former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson almost exactly a month ago. Now, her former boss, Mark Meadows, may have flipped on the former president. Meanwhile, another attorney from Donald Trump's elite strike force legal team takes a plea deal in the Georgia election interference case. We have a lot to cover this morning on the legal cases tied to Donald Trump. Oh, what is MSNBC flipping out about? Hmm. 
What is at stake? Who has control? Surprise witness. Who is surprised? Who will be surprised? Use your logic. Can emotions be used to influence decisions? How do you control emotion? Define plant. How do you insert a plant? Can emotions be used to insert a plant? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Trust the plan. That was one of Q's last posts. Hmm. Hmm. MSNBC is still Trump deranged. Tell me. What do you think about Mark Meadows flipping on uh, Trump, babe? I don't trust anything of what you see. What about uh what about this one? Oh, the, the one you just yeah. See, this is this is one I honestly I didn't see this one coming. I gotta be a hundred percent on this one. I eh, this is not one I saw. I thought she well, had a stronger case than what no. she thought she had apparently. Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. Oh my God. How diplomacy with what? Iran. A fucking faker. What? I cry better than she does, by the way. I fake cry better than she does. She is. Uh, that's um, not one I saw coming, but who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Well, let's see. Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Cassidy Hutchinson is the liar that testified against Trump that, that claimed that he <coughs> no, had no, reached no. over. Where does Hutchinson is a family that actually crosses a couple bounds there. Hutchinson is actually one of the, uh, if I remember correctly, I've got to go back and check the Yale and Harvard foundings, but I believe Hutchinson is one of the families on there. The Hutchinson family, which is one of the reasons why in New York City it's called the Hutchinson Bridge. You know the Hutch? Yeah, we know that. Yeah. the Hutchinson happens to be one of the descendants. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which means that she's a J.D. Rockefeller plant. Mm -hmm. Because if she is a descendant of the Hutchinsons of New York... That means she too is a J.D. Rockefeller descendant because Hutchinson got it on with Mary Catherine Rockefeller. Tell me, is Jenna Ellis descended from the ones that Ellis Island was named after? No, because Ellis Island was named after the Frenchman, 
Jean Le Neef, Jean Lepif, and uh, his last name was Ellis. Okay. Jean Lepif Ellis, and he was the one who designed the Statue of Liberty. That's why they called it Ellis Island because he was the designer of the statue. So Cassidy Hutchinson put out a book about Trump, which you know she didn't write, and it's just full of lies anyway. Jenna Ellis flipped on Trump. Yeah. Sidney Powell flipped on Trump. Yeah. Mark Meadows flipped on Trump. No one is surprised by that one. I'm certainly not surprised by that one. Anybody? Hold on. Time out. Real quick. Do we have a bot or somebody in here who can really take, really quickly do a poll of both the pilled side and the rumble side? And just give me a percentage. Go ahead. Yes, you're surprised by Mark Meadows flipping on Trump. Or no, you're not surprised by Mark Meadows flipping on Trump. Just real quick. Just give me a general consensus what we got in the chats. Because... Um, I'm going to guess the overwhelming majority is going to be no. No, because let's see, you could face like federal jail time or you can flip on Trump, get probation and have your record expunged after. That was that was the deal. I'm sure it was. That was the deal. I'm positive that was the deal. Yep. I, I'm almost 100% positive mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, the that was the deal that Jen Ellis got. That was the deal that I Mark Meadows got. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yep. No surprise there. No one's no one's surprised. Nope. <sighs> Lots of no's. And what, 55,000 some out of you listening right now? Yeah, no. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 So. Oh, a little tucker for you. Early and I actually wrote a piece, not for the Daily Caller, I'm embarrassed, but for Politico, because I wanted to sort of drop a bomb into my neighbor's laps um, and said, look, you may think that Trump is a ludicrous figure and you know, he may be onto something, but fundamentally what he's saying is not crazy at all. And in fact, it's necessary. And if you don't want to have another revolution in the country, you should probably start paying a little bit of attention to what the people beyond Washington think. And, and I thought then that was January of 2016. I thought that that message was so rooted in common sense and also an observed reality that he would probably win, and, and he did. So I got a lot out of making that one call correctly in my life. Um, and I really did think that we would see, say, five or six, seven years hence, a, a political system that more closely matched that idea, You know, that the works product coming out of Washington would bear a little closer resemblance to what people wanted. And of course, the opposite happened. It's crazy how that idea just went away and no one actually believed in it, which that blew my mind most of all, including a lot of people I thought were on my side, including a lot of people who paid a lot of lip service to, you know, put the country first. I personally don't like the term America first because I think it is loaded, but just like, just common sense stuff. Like if something really dramatic in your country happens, like young people can't, I don't know, get married, you know, or buy houses or have any hope for a future that approaches, you know, the middle-class upbringing they had, then you've got a huge problem and someone should be responding to that. And if your economy is like on the brink of collapse, you know, if your country's literally bankrupt, someone would say that. And if food inflation gets so crazy that, you know, people are actually complaining about it, at least where I live, spend a lot of the year in rural Maine. That doesn't make me an expert on the people or anything. I'm fundamentally a rich kid, obviously. But I do live among people who aren't rich. 
And they're like legit upset about what groceries cost, like for real, and what gas costs. And now that we've drained you know, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, they're about to find out that it could get way higher than it is. So these are just real concerns. It doesn't mean they're the only concerns, but they can't be completely ignored or, or you're gonna have a volatile situation on your hands and why wouldn't you? You know, angry people who feel like they have no recourse, who don't think elections are real and they're totally right, obviously. Let's stop lying. There's a lot of truth in that. And those people are, you know, they have real grievances, legit grievances. And the only way to tamp those grievances down is not by creating some East German surveillance state, comma, which we have done, comma, or throwing people in prison for loitering outside the Capitol, which is their house after all. That doesn't work long-term. It didn't work in Eastern Europe. It won't work here. The only thing that does work is kind of giving them not all they want, but some. Or how about this? Let's just start with pretending you care. But you know what doesn't work? Saying we're gonna spend $100 billion in other countries. And I don't care how virtuous the case those countries make is, and I don't care how much I personally may agree or disagree. So tell me something, guys, gentlemen, even ladies, what's wrong to feel like that? Why what isn't is, Tucker running for president? What is wrong? Listen, hear me out. What is wrong to have that feeling? There's nothing wrong with it then why is it tamped down in this country? Why is it pushed to the side? Why is it beaten to the brink of almost breaking? It's... Why do 90% of this country, and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, because we go all over this country and we got a lot of listeners everywhere in different countries to include New Zealand, Australia. Why is that the wrong feeling to have? That the people are no longer being seen as people like folks it's not about the rights are really important look i i guess maybe i look at this maybe in a more three-dimensional state than you might because i've had the unfortunate education of the the communist western society that i've found is so communist now um but think about this for a second think about it more three-dimensionally we all live in this one realm where it's liberty and freedom, right? If that were the truth, we would have an x-axis of liberty and we would have a y-axis of freedom, right? But we don't really live there. We kind of live in this weird trapezoidal type sphere of just it's not real freedom, real freedom. You could walk outside in your yard, butt naked tomorrow morning, and not a cop would be called. That's real freedom. Can you do that? If you can do that, sir, lady, madam, my hat's off to you. However, for the rest of us that can't do that because that would be considered indecent exposure. I ask you again, what is real freedom? Our freedom has been stripped from us. We don't even know anymore. We are so confused on what freedom is that we believe it's something else. And why is that? It, 
unfortunately, it starts with Tucker. Mouthpieces. They make you believe something that doesn't truly exist. Look at, think about this, right? You all are here. Everybody that I got in the chat here all agrees with me. There is nothing. Nobody was surprised that Mark Meadows was going to flip on Donald Trump. However, let's flip that around a little bit. How many of you saw that coming? How many of you saw Mark Meadows flipping on Donald Trump? What was your telling? What, what was the tell? Because I have one really big one. What's that? That was the first time that Donald Trump and Mark Meadows disagreed. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what happened? They had a, uh, they had a joint press conference just like this, me and you, mm -hmm. right? And Donald Trump did that. Mm -hmm. Y'all remember that? Oh, you don't. Go prove me wrong. Go prove me fucking wrong that Donald Trump didn't do this to Mark Meadows in one of his press conferences when he was right before Meadows was gone. And it wasn't about Meadows being gone. Meadows was gone before they even did the press conference. And he admitted that in his book. That's why I know this was about Donald Trump telling us Meadows is going to come after me. Watch. I'm, I'm just saying, go look it up. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, all right. Let's go back to Tucker. You went off the rails a bit there. With what those countries are doing that is immaterial the job the moral duty of the people running a country is to look out for the people in that country period that's always true and it doesn't mean they can't help other people or whatever but if they pay no attention whatsoever and in a moment when every person 350 million americans everyone regardless of political affiliation can feel that something bad's coming everybody knows that everybody knows that I mean, if you've been to church once in the last year, have you thought about the end times recently? Yes, you have. Whether I'm serious, because you can feel that abrupt change is coming and that's very disconcerting. And so rather than reassure people that, you know, we kind of got your back a little bit, by the way, we're gonna spend a hundred billion dollars on other people, oh, and the border security part is purely designed to make it easier for more people to come here illegitimately. That's freaking scary. Okay, so I don't have TV at home and I don't watch TV. We haven't in years because my wife is fiercely opposed to television. But obviously I have some familiarity with the genre. So I'm thinking to myself, the other day I was like, I wonder what they're saying about this on TV, but I'm just being honest, I have no way really of knowing. So today, I'm today, this afternoon, two o'clock this afternoon, I'm in the hospital visiting a very sick relative. And in the room, and I'm very focused on this, and it's you know a drama familiar to everyone who has a family, and, and these are the saddest moments in your life, but I'm sitting there, and the TV is cranked way up because it's a facility for older people and no one can hear well. So when they watch TV, it's like, bam, it's loud. And it's a channel that I'm familiar with. I guess I'm familiar with all of them, um, having worked at all of them, and that I've been fired from all of them. But, um, but this is one I know well, and, and I'm thinking, well, I wonder what they're saying about all this you know, because their job is to be, you know, opposed to this. And they take the White House briefing 
And the White House briefing is just a humiliation exercise because it's administered by the dumbest person in public life. It's so dumb, it's unbelievable. I'm not being mean, I feel sorry for. By the way, intelligence is not a moral category. My dogs are dumb and I love them. So I'm not sort of judging her, but I'm just saying as, you know, this is like a mouth breather, okay? And her, the whole point of her being the White House spokesmoron is to tell you that the people in charge have no respect for you, so we're gonna put the dumbest possible person we can up there. And she's prattling on about Iran, and I'm just waiting for her. Like, she doesn't know Iran from Innsbruck, okay? She has no idea what she's talking about, right? And I'm literally waiting for her to say, you know, to attack Saddam Hussein, the president of Iran, okay? Because literally her shallowness has no bottom. It's like a Zen cone that's almost like a Kamala Harris line, actually. Anyway, and then they come back and they're totally taking her seriously. And then the oiliest fake admiral spokesman who'd ever commanded a ship can't run, literally can't run a Boston whaler. He's been a flack his whole life, admiral. He's a liar and I know him personally, he's a liar. And everyone who's dealt with him knows he's a liar. And they're like, well, he says this. And the upshot is we got to attack Iran. Now I'm thinking to myself, I, you know, I have no love for Iran. And I can certainly see why people want to attack Iran. All I'm asking is just to put one person on TV to point out that there are consequences to the United States that may not be entirely positive to doing this. That maybe another moral victory, and we've won a lot of those recently. I don't know, are you guys sick of winning moral victories? We've won a lot of important moral victories. I interviewed someone the other day, a major political figure from the UK, and he's like, well, we've let all these refugees in and and it's really been a great moral victory. And I was like, I was just in your country and it's garbage. I mean, it smells and it's pathetic. And like, do you think that, I know you're psyched about your moral victory, you're good people. You're trust me, you're good Anglicans. I'm really so impressed by you morally, but like, has there been a downside in real terms? And he's like, oh, I can't answer that question, not allowed. So anyway, I just wanted someone to stand up and ask the obvious question. I'm not ar even arguing against a war with Iran. I'm merely saying there are consequences to doing that. One is we can't win it, probably, with the, with the defense uh, that we have currently. I think that's fair. Um, but even if we could, I mean, what would happen if they mined the Straits of Hormuz? I mean, I, you know, I'm no energy expert, but I think that we would have an immediate energy shock that would send our country into an economic spiral within like hours, okay? And we don't have any cushion because we burned it all because the senile guy's running for president again, okay? And we sort of let that happen. He sold some of it to China. We sort of let it happen. So that's not a small thing. One thing Americans are not used to is being poor. In the rest of the world, people really worry about the economic effects of everything. Why wouldn't they? Because they're not generationally rich like us. But what if we ran out of money? At the very same moment that American society is more fractured, our social fabric is in tatters, and we've let in millions upon millions of people who have no affinity for the United States who are merely here for the economic benefits, which by the way is not all bad, and I think a lot of them are good people, I'm not attacking them. I'm merely saying their addition does not make us a more cohesive country, it makes it a far less cohesive country, okay? No matter how admirable they may be, and I know some of them and I really like them, okay? I, I've even met illegal aliens I really like, I'm just being honest. But if you have millions upon millions of people with no loyalty to the United States who are all on public benefits and the country goes bankrupt, what happens? You know, last time we had a depression, the country held together because Americans had a lot in common with each other. But what happens next time, honestly? 
Moreover, when your country's at war, civil liberties disappear. And we saw this in the last 20-year war on terror. And I supported all that stuff, and I, I have egg in my face. I'm worse than that. I'm ashamed of the measures that I supported, which were, of course, turned against me. And the NSA got busted reading my text messages on Signal, which is supposedly secure. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not. So keep the naughty pictures off Signal, okay, because they're looking at them. Um, but they did that. They got caught doing it. No one resigned or even apologized, and that was all legal because of the measures we put in place the last time we were fighting the bad guys over a 20-year period that measurably weakened the country and from which we derived nothing in the end. So I'm merely saying maybe we should just pause for one second to ask, could we be doing that again, but at scale? Not one person. You're not allowed. Because everything is some moral argument. Well, are you on the side of the bad guys? No. And so I look at how this is arrayed, and again, I can't tell you how disgusted I am by the behavior of people who said they were conservative and cared about the country. They clearly don't. Because no one asked that question. They're all too afraid. And then the other side, the wackos running around calling for you know, the pro-Hamas people, decolonize, you know, they're mad at Israel for being white and they want to kill everybody. I, obviously, if, if forced to choose, I go with Ben Shapiro, okay? But I shouldn't have to choose. Like, there should be the America guy in the middle who's like, I have strong sympathies here, and I, you know, morally I'm on one side, but I'm an American and I've got a ton of kids. Well, I'll speak for myself. I am an American. I was born here. I will die here. I have a ton of kids, and I kind of want them to be able to live here in a country that resembles the one in which I grew up. And what about them? Shut up! Oh, shut up's not good enough, actually. And I just, the spirit of fear, and I hate to use the term, but groupthink, that has descended upon lawmakers and, I would say, movement leaders in Washington, where no one can say something that's completely obvious because, what, you're anti-Israel? Well, no one's going to call me anti-Israel. I like Israel. And one of the things I love about Israel, in addition to the fact it's beautiful and great food, took my kids there on vacation, is I like the Israelis. What do I like about the Israelis? They, they're proud of themselves and their country. I like that. I like secure people. But I don't, know, I don't know a single Israeli, and I say this as a compliment from my heart, I don't know a single Israeli who would jeopardize his own country's economy or safety for another nation. Because they care about their nation. Like, what the hell? I'm saying this as a compliment. But why would we do that? And when I see leaders on the left and right call for refugees from Gaza to be imported here, they're too dangerous for other countries, but we should take them? What are you saying? What are you saying about how you feel about my country? You're saying you consider it a trash bin. Throw the refuse there. No one else wants to deal with it. America will deal with it. Well, how about no? How about anyone who even suggests something like that? Speaking, I mean, speaking of a betrayal of your country, that's just telling me everything I need to know about how you feel about the United States of America. And I'm disgusted by it. Did you even think something like that? Really? And yet that is considered like kind of within bounds. And I noticed there are a few Republicans who are like, well, that could happen. And we're going to pass legislation preemptively to make sure it doesn't. It's like, why would we even have that conversation? That is truly nuts. You know what the more nuts part is? That's as angry as Tucker can get. That's true. But he's got 30 seconds left, so why don't you let him? There are 40 no, seconds left. No, 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 because this is huge. I'm sorry. He's right. But that's... Bring us up. 
You're right, Tucker. You're right. He's absolutely right. But the best you can get is a high-pitched squeal? Are you fucking kidding me? Not everybody has you. Look, babe. This is the fuck. Obviously not Irish. This is our country. Are are you you a high pitch squeal? Thirty seconds left with a high pitch squeal. Well, you're not going to impress me. It's nuts. And more than anything, it's revealing of an attitude that is poisonous and that everyone else in the country can feel. They know it. And again, don't look to me because I have to live in my family summer house. I'm not pretending to be, you know, what J.D. Vance actually is, which is a son of middle America, of working America. I'm not. But I try to observe and I try to talk to people. I like people. And I can tell you, I can promise you that the level of resentment toward those attitudes is extremely high. It's extremely high. And it absolutely should be. So again, Tucker asked, can't really get that angry because as he said he's an elitist. He lives in his family's summer house with his shit ton of kids and his dogs and his personal studio, and he can afford to do that. Again, I ask, folks, when is enough enough? It's been enough. This, you and I, so much bigger than all of us. I, I kind of can't wait to see the day that we get it because Coming. it's going to be epic. It is. But before we get there, there's a lot of trials and tribulations we are going to have to encounter mm-hmm. and endure. This is part of them. Look, if this makes your blood pressure elevate to a level that some people would say you're having a heart attack. And let me tell you something. What's wrong with that? Seriously, I am asking you a question. What is wrong with that? Why not? Why not care about America like we do? Why? What's wrong with that? Some American, please, and I want a Palestinian American, especially right now, to tell me what's wrong with being concerned about my neighbors and about my family about my friends and about this area of the world I live in. Look, there's never been a time to be in a more isolationist place than ever, than right now. Everything you see going on around you right now is a, a, it literally is a powder keg. Somebody's got a match. They're holding it right over that bitch. And let me tell you something. This isn't an ember. This is going to be a match that hits this powder keg. And when it does, it's going to split this world in half. And we're going to have all sorts of problems in this country. And let me tell you something. If you didn't believe that that was going to happen before, and now all of a sudden you're coming to the realization, welcome. Everybody else, if you still don't believe, God be upon you. Peace be with you. Whichever way you believe, bro. Because I'm going to tell you right now. When the Patriots stand up. There will be no forgiveness. 
This is no joke. You all know this. The Patriots stand up. There will be no amnesty. There will be no forgiveness. We will wipe through exactly what we're supposed to do. We will make our country whole again. One country, 50 fucking states. And let me tell you something. You either believe in God, and if you don't, so help you, God. Because that's what we're going to believe in. It doesn't, I didn't say what God, I just said, I hope to God you believe in God. Because this is no bullshit anymore. This is a straight up look. We're going to take this bitch and you're either going to like it or you're not. And you don't too bad. We don't give a fuck. And that's what's coming. And you all know it. Mick asked me to grab this during the Tucker speech. Because this is important. If y'all have never seen World War Z, Brad Pitt, that, you know, child eating, whatever. Anyway. Demonstrative. Fuck. Yeah. Yes. But I this, got you. This is important. Um, really quick, though. Um, scratches going yeah, out. Yes, scratches going out. The problem with most people is that they don't believe something can happen. The problem with most people is that they don't believe something can happen until it already has. It's not stupidity or weakness. It's just human nature. How did you know? Gerald Lane wrote a self-defeating Jeremiah about his employer at the UN back in 2010. Caused a few ripples, sidelined your career. Thought you'd have parlayed those ripples into a self-righteous book. No knows for profit. How did Israel know? We intercepted a communique from an Indian general saying they were fighting the Rakshasha. Translation, zombies. Technically, undead. Jürgen Warmbrom, high-ranking official in the Mossad, described as sober, efficient, not terribly imaginative, and yet, you build a wall because you read a communique that mentions the word zombie? Well, if put like that, I'd be skeptical as well. In the 30s, Jews refused to believe they could be sent to concentration camps. In 72, we refused to fathom we'd be massacred in the Olympics. In the month before October 1973, we saw Arab troop movements and we unanimously agreed they didn't pose a threat. Well, a month later, the Arab attack almost drove us into the sea. So we decided to make a change. Change? The 10th man. If nine of us look at the same information and arrive at the exact same conclusion, it's the duty of the 10th man to disagree. No matter how improbable it may seem, the 10th man has to start digging with the assumption that the other nine are wrong. Tell me something. What's wrong with that? That's a great way to live. What is wrong with that? If nine people come to the same conclusion of information that they hear, what's wrong with the 10th man to say the exact opposite and say that that's completely probable? Because 90% of them have looked at this the wrong fucking way. Just saying. This is, uh, folks, 
you you know what sparky i 100 percent agree with you sir he said one man has the power correct listen folks i talked to a broad spectrum of you you all go across every field every type of field that's out there every type of industry that's out there if we stood up and didn't show up tomorrow for work what would happen to our collective industries mm. and i'm not trying to hurt your local company what i'm trying to show is that the people have the power and if the people have the power then it's about time we show that we have the power because these congressmen these senators these cucks that we've sent to washington they're a bunch of homos folks they've been stealing your votes for years They've been fucking you over for years and we've been fed the same shit pie for years and we've all taken a bite. My point is let's stop taking bites. Well, let's start feeding back the shit pie back to the government. Uh, whoever runs the usdebtclock.org website has, has been, been listening. They, they've been doing something. So last night, so, you know, they have this secret window. And it was open. It's open Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 6 p.m. to midnight. Last night, look at that. The Tin Man, follow the yellow brick road. It says, money creation is a scam only a wizard could love. And when you look in here, and I i mean, I went to usdebtclock.org and took the screenshot myself. Um, These are all her screenshots. Yes, this You're is about to see. my screenshot. So and I don't know if I can make it bigger oh there we go yeah there you go money creation is a scam look at this hello dollar to gold ratio now zero dollars per ounce dollar to silver ratio now zero dollars per ounce dollar supply now negative Negative seven hundred and eighty-eight billion one hundred million fifty-four thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven dollars. That was yesterday. That's going up, by the way, or down, as it were. That is the dollar supply. Um, we're fucked, people. The dollar's gonna crash because money creation. Is a scam only a wizard could love. Follow the yellow brick road. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not any kind of official website. I, I think even Q said something about follow, follow the yellow brick, brick road. road. Didn't he? Yeah. I thought he did. Mm -hmm. Weird. Mm -hmm. Weird. Hmm. So anyway. Fun times. All ahead of us. Enjoy. Uh, but we got to get the fuck out of here. We tonight. do. Josh um, is coming up next yep. on the Red Pill Project. Go check him out. You can also check out her tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. 830 mm -hmm. for the good book. Mm -hmm. The good book. It's the Bible. We will be praying for the judge's heart to be softened, softened towards us. Praying. Mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of you fuckers, if you don't turn in, if you're 
if you don't turn in for the good book, then uh, you can check out lovely Leanna mm -hmm. 905 and she's on from 905 till about two o'clock in the afternoon. And then you can check us out 545 tomorrow night for the pre-show 6 p.m. for the regular show. It's a normal show. Nothing yep. early till then fuckers. Uh, see you pictures later. Have yep. a great night for the Mick and V Lynn. Yeah. Thanks for watching y'all. Peace.